Hello and welcome back to Practicing Human, the podcast where every day we're getting a little better at life. I'm your host, Corey Mascara, and at the time of releasing this episode, March 16th, 2020, we are in the middle of uh, a pandemic. COVID-19 has been spreading globally, and if you've been watching the news or following social media, you're very well aware of this, and it does feel uh, like a responsibility of mine to to acknowledge that in the upcoming podcast episodes uh, as a way for us to come together to make our practice working with what is most alive right now and to just share thoughts on how to maintain a a level of uh, mental, emotional, psychological health during this period of time. Given that people might be listening to this episode many months in the future or years in the future, I will try to make all of these topics related to anything difficult that you might be going through. But for those that are listening, who are listening during this period of time, I just want you to know I'm, I'm here with you, and we're in this together, and uh, I welcome any of your thoughts and questions um, through Instagram. That would be the best place to reach out to me on what you're going through and, and how this community could help you. In today's episode, uh, we're going to talk about how to panic while remaining calm. I'll share more on what I mean by that in a moment. First, let's settle in with something pleasant and something grounding, the sound of the bell. I'll ring it and see it as a a refuge for the next 10-15 seconds, following it with your presence and attention all the way to the point when it dissolves into silence. Okay, so I hope you found that grounding. Now the the title and theme I've decided to go with for this episode might feel a, a bit provocative and might not even sit that well for you, right? The, this idea of um, how to panic while remaining calm is what I'm calling it. In some sense, it's not a great title because I don't actually believe um, we need to be caught in a, a panic response in the pure definition of what it would mean to panic. Uh, in the pure definition of panic, there wouldn't be a sense of calm. So as a title, it doesn't quite work. But where it does work and why I do feel it is important is I think some of the motivation and the feelings behind what could be creating panic for people right now are warranted. And I want to honor that. I want to honor the reality of where we're at uh, and talk about how to meet meet that reality rather than just talk more generically about finding calm when things are uncomfortable or in the chaos. Now, I'm not going to be here uh, to get political. I never want that to be my role on this podcast, and I never want to tell you uh, what to believe. But I, I can talk from my own experience. And I've been following the news and listening to trusted sources. And the way I'm processing what's happening right now is that this is something to be taken very seriously. And uh, for me, it feels like a social responsibility 
to practice social distancing, not going into public places where people congregate, and really doing as much as I can to reduce the spread of this, or at least the impact that I could potentially have on the spread of this. My concerns are less about me and more about the most vulnerable populations and the overwhelming of our hospital systems, all of which feel like very significant risks. And I say it in this way because uh, when I am doing this, this research and I am considering how to be in relationship to this, the response is serious. And I would much rather err on the side of over-preparation, over-caution, then look back and regret that I didn't do that. I immediately think of my parents, people I love, people I know who are most vulnerable, and I know the risks that are there. And that does make my heart beat faster. It makes me start thinking, and it makes me start evaluating uh, my actions. Is it a pleasant, peaceful, zen-like place to be in? Absolutely not. But for me, it's the appropriate response to the moment. And that's one of the ways I've always liked to view mindfulness, an appropriate response to the moment. So based on my value system, for me to sugarcoat that or to just quickly focus on the breath or deny the reality of what's coming up uh, for me would be uh, irresponsible. So I want to talk about how to, to honor this panic response while remaining calm and steady through it. Because I know the response that I just shared is something that a lot of people are feeling right now all around the world. And I believe it's possible to to feel that, to meet that, and to come back to a, a sense of groundedness and calmness in your heart. So let's just walk through it very logically, step by step, how we might navigate these moments as they arise throughout the day. So if we're, we're watching the news or we're scrolling through social media and we, we see another article that feels alarming and the statistics are strong, we're seeing what's happening maybe in another country or what's happening uh, nearby or we see someone that has contracted this and we start to feel that sense of, oh, this is, this is real, this is something I need to be concerned about and we start thinking about this person, that person, all of that starts coming up. We feel it in our body. We, we feel the mind start racing. The first thing when that happens is just to take a breath, deep breath, in through the nose, slowly out through the mouth. That's going to regulate the nervous system. It's going to get us a little out of our head and back into our body to at least balance it out. In, in those moments, what's happened is we've, we've triggered the fear response in the brain. So the amygdala is, uh, is hyperactive. We're not going to have as much access to the prefrontal cortex, which is more responsible for reasoning. So we're going to be in this animal-like panic-type state, and it's going to feel uncomfortable, and we'll often make very quick decisions or even irrational decisions. So the first thing we want to do is just help ground that. Just take a deep breath. You could even do the 4-7-8 breath, which we've talked about in this podcast. Breathe in for 4 seconds, hold for 7, breathe out for 8 seconds. Good. So we do that, we reground. Now it's not going to make the stress or anxiety go away entirely, and that's okay. The next thing we do here is actually thank the anxiety. So instead of turning away from it, instead of trying to crush it, or talk ourselves out of it, 
let's meet that that moment of response, that anxiety that's coming up in the body and just say thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for trying to tell me that this is something that's important, that maybe this is something I need to tend to. Maybe this is something I need to reorganize my priorities around or how I'm thinking about something. This this emotion was put into this body for good reasons. It's here to protect you. It's here to tell you when something might be off and so that you can change the circumstance or remove yourself or do something differently to help alleviate that. So we want to be grateful that this is here because at least in this context, it's in response to maybe something that warrants this feeling. So we thank it. We go, thank you, anxiety. I, I appreciate you showing up and reminding me that maybe this is something that's important. And in that way, the anxiety at least has the chance to, to be acknowledged. If it's not acknowledged, it's going to keep pulling on your pant leg. It's going to keep knocking at the door and saying, hey, listen, listen, listen. The sooner we can acknowledge it, the sooner the anxiety could go, okay, good, at least at least you see me, at least you see what I'm trying to tell you. Great. So now we can get a little bit more logical. This is where we we can oscillate between our what ifs to what is. So the what if mind is everything that, that can go wrong. We've talked about this in this podcast before. What if this happens? What if that happens? What if this happens? And if you remember that episode, one of the things I've said and I said is that uh, even though the what if mind can create a lot of extra anxiety and stress for ourselves ourselves unnecessarily, uh, a lot of times it can be useful. It can be pointing to something it's, that's important. It's preparatory. So when we notice the what if mind comes up of like, you know, what if what if my my parent gets this and, and I know they have some lung issues? Well, that's that's potentially an important thing to consider and maybe we get in touch with them and make sure they're taking care of themselves uh, making sure they're familiar with what's going on and being responsible right so it can be preparatory in that way but if we're too caught up in the what if mind that's when we notice the anxiety is going to continue to bubble up so that's where we want to periodically remind ourselves what is here so we we shift from the what if to what is Great way to do this is just drop into the body. Feel your feet on the ground. Feel your butt in the chair if you're sitting down. If you're driving, feel your hands on the steering wheel. Look up at the ceiling. Look up at the window. See that the the sun is out. Notice that you're breathing. You start dropping into these basic sensory experiences. It, it takes you out of the story of your mind. What if this happens? What if that happens? Which often feels like a reality when it's going on in our minds. And just drops us into what is here right now seeing that you're still breathing the whole story of what could happen hasn't happened it's just a story it's something that we need to to tend to but it's not here right now and dropping into the actual reality of of what is here is often going to be less of a catastrophe than the mind is creating about what could happen in the future now, the reason I say we, we want to go back and forth is because if we're just dropping into what is here, uh, eventually it, it could turn into the what if. And if we weren't considering what the what if was, it can get in the way of us taking intentional action to potentially shift that what if coming to fruition. So we need a healthy dose of the what if mind just to make sure that we're, we're holding the potential uh, future reality uh, clearly and to remind us okay but it's not happening right here I'm just in the shower I'm just having a conversation I'm just on my computer 
And again, I don't want to make it seem like we're just going to drop into our what is and then all the anxiety is going to go away. But it will help us be a little more calm, a little more clear and hold all of this and more perspective and dropping into the body and into your sensory experience is a great way to to step out of the story the what if mind into the what is mind okay so now that we've we've worked with that a little bit we've taken a deep breath we've appreciated the anxiety for being there we've shifted the the what if to what is and we're going back and forth now we have to maybe act on some of the what if mind what what is the next step And this is where you can ask yourself, okay, given everything I know that's happening right now, what is within my control? What can I control? What is a step I can take? What is a call I can make? There's a lot that's going to be out of my control, but with the resources I have internally, the connections I have, the the people I know that I might need to get in touch with, what do I feel needs to be done? What do I feel would be useful? And what is a step I can take in that direction? So this is just reminding yourself or helping you from to instead of getting caught in a place of helplessness uh, to have a sense of autonomy. And with the resources you have at hand and the capabilities you have at hand, what is a step you could take in that direction? And this is essentially your action plan, which should be done in times of, of crisis or overwhelm or chaos. So what can I do to control my situation? What is a step I can take? And the last one that I'm going to offer here that I think is potentially the biggest one is, can I take that action? Can I take that first step without being completely caught up in stress and anxiety? Can I take that action without being completely caught up in stress, anxiety, and fear, let's say? And most often what you'll see is the answer is yes. Now, I don't want to put that that word in your mouth or that answer in, in your mind. Um, but in my experience, when I, when I walk through this process, take my breath, think the anxiety, shift what if to what is, okay, what can I control? What's my, what's my action plan? And can I engage in that action plan without being caught up in crippling stress or anxiety? Usually the answer is yes. The stress or anxiety is not going to help with the action plan. It might help a little bit in the early stages to help motivate me. But in general, it can cause me to make some irrational decisions, to not be calm when I'm talking to other people and create too much of a panic response in them. I tend to be much more effective when I'm engaging in, in one of those action steps with a sense of groundedness and ease. And that the reason this is important is it's it is often helpful, very helpful to think through this logically in order for more subconscious parts of us to release, because there probably is going to be this subconscious sense that I need to be stressed out while I'm doing this because this is something to be stressed out and the stress is motivating me into action. Well, we've already gone through a lot of that. We already know that action is important. There's going to be a low-grade anxiety, most likely, behind all of this. It's not going to completely go away, and nor should it, in my belief, in, in a time of uh, intensity or crisis. Um, but 
the when it when it becomes crippling and when we're so overwhelmed by it there's usually this subconscious belief or sense that i need to be caught up in this in a really significant way given this context and that's the thing we want to challenge and when you can show the mind that actually i can make this phone call i can i i can get the food that i need i can cancel the travel i can send the emails i can check in on the people that i need to check in with i can do all of that with a greater sense of ease and calm that's when the brain starts to go okay actually that that is possible it will take some reminder as you're going throughout your process and your day but coming back to that truth will help you reground whole all of this in perspective and engage in this in a serious way taking the actions that would be in accordance with with that sense of it being serious while also having a, a calmness within your heart, within your body. Notice when the the body starts getting caught up in tension and the shoulders come up to the ears, invite that to relax. Just another great way to drop back into the present. Can I engage in what I'm doing without that overwhelming, crippling stress? So there's more that can be said, but I think these five steps uh, are a great starting point for recognizing, appreciating, valuing the the potential panic response that can come up and not following through with it to the point where it does create this overwhelming sense of panic and anxiety. So here they are again. Right? We, we're noticing what's happening in the news. We hear something distressing. First thing we do, take a breath. Just reground. Then thank the anxiety. Okay, thank you. Thank you for coming up. I know this is something that uh, this is an appropriate response to. Then work with the what if to what is. The what if mind helps us prepare. The what what is mind reminds us what's actually here is not the truth of what the story is saying. We use that. And then ask, okay, what can I control? What's a step I can take in the direction I need to take? And then fifth, can I do that without the stress and overwhelm? And see what comes up in that. Uh, in response to all of that you could go through that cycle over and over and over and as you are engaged in those action steps remember inviting the body to to soften reconnecting to the breath looking around you and seeing the goodness that's still there we'll talk more about that throughout the week and how times like this can really bring people together and and often show us what's great about human beings but let's start with these five steps as a way to work with some of the fear and panic that might be coming up. If you know someone that is struggling, uh, feel free to share this with them. Um, it's it's completely free, and if you think it will be helpful for them, let's definitely try to, to spread the word. I'm doing uh, as best I can on my end to compile some resources uh, for people and do some writing and continue to create these podcast episodes. So I hope they're useful. Reach out to me uh, via Instagram if you have questions or specific concerns. I'll try and bring them into the episodes. If you're not part of the Practicing Human Facebook group, make sure you join there because we'll be having some conversations there as well. And if you do want some guided meditations to uh, that you can use to supplement the work that you're doing, you could just text your email address to plus one six three one three three seven eight two nine eight, and you'll get an automated email with all of those resources. Okay, 
Sorry, a little bit of a longer episode, about 20 minutes a day. I'll try and keep them shorter throughout the rest of the week. Thank you for your practice. If you are listening to this in March, April of 2020, just know we're, we are going to get through this. Humans have gotten through so many worse things. Uh, so it's in our DNA to be resilient. And, um, and I trust human beings to come together and to bring out the best in each other. So I'm here for you. I know you're here for me. And I'll talk to you soon. Until then, as always, take care.